Penny. Tyler. Well, it looks like the broadcasting icon that is Larry King has passed away. Yeah. Very, very sad. Yeah. Dude was a fucking legend. Like he that. was. It's, yeah, it's always like it's sad when anyone kind of passes on, but it's the thing of like the, the dude was like the iconic status, right? Well, and, you think CNN, you think Larry King. Yeah. And like think of like the awards he's won and some of the, you know, kind of legendary interviews he's had, right? You know, mm. it's. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very sad start to the week here. Yeah. But, yeah. But I mean, he had a long and successful life. I mean, he passed away at the age of 87. Yeah. I would consider that a pretty, pretty decent chunk of time. Yeah. Very successful. So, yeah. Rest in peace, Larry. Yes. And then moving on from the somber news. Looks like Godzilla vs. Kong, they moved up the release. Well, that's got to be a first. Yeah. I'm just so used to them saying, never mind, we're going to hold off another year. Yeah. Yeah, so they moved it up to March instead of May. So, like a month. No, it's not quite as moved up as I would have liked it, but I'll take it, I guess. Yeah. And it's... I don't know if says because it was reported that last week Warner Brothers and Legendary avoided all that legal bullshit that was maybe going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I I I bet this was part of it. So. Yeah, yeah, I don't really have a whole whole lot else to comment on this. I mean. I'm excited for it to come out sooner than later. That's for sure. Anytime I hear HBO Max and any of its like subsidiaries, like Legendary or any of those, I'm just like, I'm just in my head. I'm just constantly thinking like, how is this going to fucking pan out? Like, I mean, we've been talking like at nauseum for months now about how this is where streaming services are going to go. But, uh, yeah, it's good. I'm just like, it's interesting to see. Well, first and foremost, to see that it's HBO really being the first one to dive yeah. full in. Like, I fully anticipated Disney would be the first one to go all in on, like, the future of of entertainment digestion. But, yeah. But it's yeah. interesting to see HBO and then the hurdles that they have to jump to through, too, right? Because this is going to set the tone. This is going to set the precedent for yeah. every other film company out there on how they are going to handle their future slate of films and the industry as a whole. So I am also a massive fan of the idea of going streaming and having simultaneous releases in theaters so the people that want to go to theaters can watch it. But yeah. those who want to sit at home and pay 20 bucks, 30 bucks to watch it with their family without having to go anywhere, yeah, big supporter of that too. So I'm... yeah, All of this stuff, anytime I hear legal drama between companies about going online and skipping theaters or simultaneous dual releasing, like I'm watching all of it like a hawk because... This is this is going to dictate where we head in the future, right? Yeah, pretty much. So that's going to kind of set set the stage for it, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah. And I just watched the trailer for that movie, and it looks like some real dumbass fun. So, 
right? Yeah. Okay, so we also got more fucking Justice League news. Can I just say I'm so fucking tired about talking about the Snyder Cut? Just yeah, like fucking, just let fuck, it go already. Fucking release it, like. But well, so it appears that contrary to uh, previous belief, it is not going to be parted out as a series. That it's just going to be a fucking movie. I, yeah. So like, I'm just. So like, it was originally like people were saying like it was going to be like a four to five episode kind of thing so like mm-hmm. now is it just going to be like a four to five hour fucking movie yeah i don't know this is where i'm confused because i still see reports where they're like yeah it's a four to five hour movie but we're gonna chop it up into chunks yeah almost which, like chapters yeah which makes sense yeah but then i'm also hearing like i saw him on twitter and he's like nope it's not like a mini series or nothing it's coming out as like a four hour movie so like which is it because i still don't know and it, yeah exactly like it's that seems to be the case with all of the fucking news for this is like it comes out and like they say something and you're like i still don't know what the answer is like it's fuck just fucking release it yeah just put it on your platform already and and let us go through it because i'm tired of reading headlines that go that you tried to answer a question but that just raised more and like yeah fuck Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. The the marketing and all of the stuff around this has just been fucking insane. <laughs> it's been a nightmare. Where it's just like, you'll read, like, and when it started, like, you would read an article and it was like, okay, now I'm like, kind of a little more excited about this. And then you would read something and it was kind of like, eh, eh, that, that doesn't sound good. And then you read shit like this and you're just like, I, I. I don't know what to think anymore. Yeah, me neither. So, yeah. Fuck. And they, they still don't have a release date for it yet. Yeah, that's the that's the real kick in the junk here. Yeah, like people are saying like maybe March. But fuck, I don't know. I, I guess the only time will tell. Yeah. Yep. And then uh, we got a Dungeons and Dragons TV series in the works. Yeah, we talked about this last week, actually, very briefly. Yeah, because it was some people were casted, right? Mm-hmm. And then now we've got uh, looks like the people that did John Wick are going to be behind it, which that is that intrigues me. That yeah. intrigues me a lot. Yeah. Um. Because those guys are good. Yeah. This is uh, intriguing, especially like you think Dungeons and Dragons, like kind of sword and shield kind of epic, right? You know? Yeah. Then I think, okay, the John Wick guys, and I go, how would that translate? And then I remember the third one, you know, where they did that, that sword fight. You know, with John Wick taking on like two or three guys, and I was like, "Yeah, they can totally do that, right?" Yeah. So it's like, yeah, this is uh, this is intriguing. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm very curious about it. I I want to see more. I want a more detailed like, how are they going to go about this, right? Yeah. A la the Jumanji style or a la like the fantasy epic. 
or right. like who's going to be in it. Yeah. Like, like I want to see more cast. I'd like to see some, some more detailed synopsis for sure. Yeah. The interesting part too, and this is, and it has nothing to do with Dungeons and Dragons, but it seems like we're returning back to the like kind of fantasy epic. Yeah, and, it does feel that way, doesn't it? Yeah, because like we, it was like Lord of the Rings happened, and then everyone was like, okay, like the bar's been set, you know, the money's dried up, you know, and then Game of Thrones came back, and people were like all on board, you know, minus those last seasons. Um, Fuck those last seasons. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then like now you've got you know Amazon doing that Wheel of Time and the Lord of the Rings series. You know you got a few other kind of fantasy epic stuff popping up and it seems like we're getting back to that which i'm a big fan of that genre so I'd like to get more of it hopefully it's good um but to get more of it i think is real cool yeah for sure you know because it's yeah it's yeah it's kind of crazy that we're you know getting back to this genre that seemed like it was kind of dead right well, I think I think yeah, like the fantasy genre definitely did seem like it was on its way out the door for quite some time, and then obviously, Thrones fucking brought it back to its full glory. And now that there's all this hype and excitement around the Lord of the Rings series, yeah, I feel like we're gonna start to see a lot more of those type fantasy things popping yeah. out of the woodwork, right? Yeah. Hollywood loves to follow trends. Yeah, and it's just it's a matter of you know what ones are going to be good now, right? You know. There's been some like that Witcher show, I think, is really well done, you know. And most of Game of Thrones was really well done, you know. So yeah. it's like when you, you do it, most, yeah. So when you do it right, like it's people will watch it, you know, but it's you got to get it right, yeah. That's the key, you know. And it's, yeah. And I think it's weird too, because like I think what made Game of Thrones so successful wasn't like it part of it was they did the fantasy kind of genre really well but i think another thing that people really liked is the edge of your seat you don't know who's gonna die like i think that's what brought people into that show is like they kind of broke the trope of like hey everyone's gonna make it out right mm-hmm. so yeah yes sir well in other news that I really don't know how I feel about this. Yeah. We're, we're getting an animated series of From Dusk Till Dawn. Yeah. I And I just, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I like, genuinely I, don't know. I really liked that movie. And an animated series about it? I don't know either. Uh, yeah, like it's it's just one of those things where it's like this is something that like nobody asked for, so why are you doing this? Yeah. And I mean, I, I understand to an extent the allure of doing an animated or like a graphical version of something. Like in the event like how we talked about in the past with them being a animated like Resident Evil. Yeah. I get that because when you're animating and stuff like that allows you to include much more in terms of like the world building, the environment and you know what happens because you can just animate all of that, right? Like it's a little more expensive and pricier and difficult 
to bring that to real life. Yeah. And with From Dusk Till Dawn being, you know, like the vampires and all that other stuff, I get to an extent it's like this this will probably allow them a little bit more creative freedom mm-hmm. in the in the world that they present to you, but at the same time like those films were like phenomenal all on their own and Yeah. I didn't watch the entire series. I think I only did a couple episodes of the Dust Held On TV show. Yep. But it's just like, oh, okay, well, the movies are called classics. Let's try a TV series. Oh, that didn't do very good. All right, well, let's drop the budget. Let's make it animated. Let's see if we can squeeze some blood out of that stone. Yeah. It's kind of how I'm feeling about it. Yeah. And it's like reading the article, too. Like Robert Rodriguez explains that him and Tarantino still hold the rights to this. So, like, they decided to do this which like on that end kind of like gives me some hope because it's like okay if they went this is what we want to do but at the same time i don't know yeah i I just i just i don't know yeah it's not high on my list it's like some like honestly even when it does come out as much as i admired and adored the Original from Dust to Dawn. I don't know if this is something where it's like, well, I'm a Dusk Till Dawn fan, therefore I'm going to watch the animated series. It's probably going to be like, well, good luck with that, guys. Yeah. Like, I almost think that, like, trying to, I guess, maybe have franchise out from Dust Till Dawn, like, to me, it's just like a perfectly good standalone good time. Mm hmm. Like, okay. I, I, I don't think it needed all the sequels. I don't think it needed mm-hmm. a TV series, and it sure as hell does not need an animated version. No. Like, I think. It's just, it's a really good movie. So it's like, that's all it needs to be, right? But, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I got no real further thoughts on that one. And now, and then, Seth MacFarlane uh, wants to reboot The Naked Gun with Liam Neeson. I'm into this. Yeah. I'm it's, not going to like when I first saw that headline, I was like, okay, I, I naked gun, like those were classics. Yeah. So like, sure. Yeah. I see Seth MacFarlane wants to reboot it. And like, I'm not going to lie. Like, I don't care for family guy at all, yeah. but like his Ted movies were hilarious. Yeah. A million ways to die in the West was hilarious. Yeah. So like, he's got that comedic style. I believe that could really bring the naked gun franchise into the 21st century. Yep. And then to see Liam Neeson, it's like, well, that's an odd pick. But at the same time, I can see that being absolutely hilarious because he's, you know, he's generally pretty serious, straight laced. He's kind of got that deadpan delivery. So to see him as himself, but, you know, as the in the naked gun, like, I don't don't know, like, I just it kind of makes me a little giddy. Like, I'm genuinely curious and and somewhat excited and gleeful about how this can turn out. Yeah, me too. It's uh. Yeah, like when I read it, like the little bit you see Liam Neeson do comedy, which is like, I'm, I'm trying to think if he's done it in movies or whatnot. Like, I think he's done a few times. Like, I, I think he's got the chops to do, like, kind of the naked gun humor, right? You know? And yeah, this would be really fucking cool, and I really hope it happens. Yeah, me too. It was one of those things like it never even crossed my mind about a Naked Gun reboot and it never crossed my mind about who would be in it. Like it, it was just never a thought. I never yeah. once sat there and thought like, oh, I wish they'd re- reboot this or like, I don't know, sometimes you like think about old shows and you're like, oh, I wonder how that would be today. And then you, your mind starts going and you're like, 
who do I think would be the perfect lead in, in this reboot if they were to do it today? Like, I don't know if you do that, but sometimes I kind of like oh, yeah. let my mind wander with that. And at no yeah. point did any of this ever cross my mind. And Liam Neeson would never be the first person that would pop into mind. But like yeah. hearing it and like seeing it written down, it's like, yes. Yeah. Yes. I think this this has so much potential and I am genuinely hyped and hope that it works out. Yeah, me too. Like it's, yeah, it's that weird thing of like, this combo like i don't think anyone would think about it but like then you read it and you're like that could totally be amazing mm-hmm. um yeah it's uh i hope this ends up working out me too is that yeah i i think this could be a really winning combo that yeah that, yeah i agree that's yeah yep and it looks like season three of titans we've officially got our barbara gordon to yeah. be played by savannah welch yeah whom i'll be completely honest uh that one's new to me yeah me too um yeah but yeah. i'm uh i'm more so just interested in how uh how the new season's gonna play out yeah because it started really good and gritty and then like minus the terrible CGI effects that they had. Yeah. yeah. I really enjoyed the first season and then the second season kind of went downhill for me. So I was left going like, when they bring this back, is it going to be any good again? But like, yeah. obviously with them casting a Barbara Gordon, they're going to kind of go, you know, I'm assuming the Barbara Gordon as like the command center role is my uh, assumption. No. So they say in here that she's actually going to be the new commissioner of the Gotham city police really so they're not even doing like well i guess she what because she was the commissioner for a while and then she got into that accident and became in a wheelchair am i mistaken is my memory that messed up from the batman series comics yeah so she was originally batgirl and then joker shoots her in the back and And then then she she becomes the command center yeah then she becomes like watchtower where she kind of coordinates right so i wonder if in the comic books, was she ever the commissioner, or are they just completely fucking making their own shit up here now? I don't know if she has been or not, maybe. But it seems like they're gonna go the route of instead of her like, I guess, being the watchtower for this group, she's taken over her dad's. Well, but if she's the commissioner, she's not watchtower. No. It seems yeah, I Okay, so now I'm just like, I have like morbid curiosity of how this is going to play out. Like if they play yeah. where like, she's the commissioner and then decides that she wants to do more and starts da- and be like playing commer- commissioner by day and Batgirl by night, which eventually leads into an altercation with the Joker where then she gets shot and then ends up in Watchtower. Like if that's how they flow this all in, I'm on board. I If she's literally just going to be Commissioner Barbara Gordon I, and like they're I, only bringing the character's name in and not playing it off according to like any of the previous comic books. Cause like it was a refresher, but like now that you mentioned it, like I do recall, yes, bad girl and all that other stuff, it's coming back to me, but I can't think of a single time where like, and maybe it's just a, a, cause fuck, they divide those Batman series up into so many different like sub series and shit like that. Like I haven't read the majority of them. So maybe there is some kind of timeline where she literally just is commissioner Barbara Gordon. But if they're not, priming this for her to be eventually Batgirl or Watchtower 
then why bring her in at all? Because all she would just be is there a character in namesake. And it's like, yeah. what's the fucking point of that? Yeah. And like, it, it almost seems like that's maybe what it is going to be is like her just being the commissioner. And it's like, I could see the part of it of like her and kind of Dick Grayson having a past and, you know, something happened and she took her dad's job or something. Like, there's some stuff you could do with that, but I think, like you, like, I don't know that that's what I want. Yeah, it's not what I want. You know? Yeah. I, yeah, this is weird. I'm, uh, I'm also curious, you know, about that third season, because same as you, like, I watched that first season and I was like, okay, this is, like, pretty solid. And then I watched, like, half of the second season and dropped it. Um, cause was, it was starting to get a little too CW ish and yeah. Yeah. Oh, I guess we'll fucking see. I, I yeah. have, I have such high hopes for that series that I'm going to watch the third season, but yeah, I'm not putting it like, I'm not, not putting it past myself to just abandon it if they get too fucking stupid. Yeah. Like, I think that's the point I'm at where like. I'll check out the first few episodes of season three and if they're good, I'll stick with it. But if they're not, then like, I'm totally fine. Just being like, eh, goodbye. Oh, and this, this is why DC fails so hard. So fucking often. Cause they do stupid, stupid stuff like this. Yeah. It just, I just wish someone, anybody from like, you know, the DC corporation who's making all these films and TV shows, I just want one of them to sit down and explain to me the logic in hiring who they do, who makes these quote unquote creative decisions yeah. and have that person explain to me what the fuck was going through their head when they make some of these calls. Yeah. Cause it seems like some of them are like, okay, that, that sounds really cool. But then like yeah. a, few of the, a few of the other ones, you sit back and you go like, the fuck were you thinking? Like who the Why? fuck, who the fuck said like, who the fuck thought that was a good idea? And then who the fuck greenlit it? Like, yeah, yeah, it's a uh, yeah. I mean, like, I don't know if I'd go as far as to say is that show needs saving just yet, but it's it's been on a, a slippery downward slope for the for the last little bit here. Well, I think what that show needs is a consistent tone because, like, that first season was this dark, gritty thing, right? And then the second season kind of got in my mind at least, kind of went down the CW route, and I was like, okay, that's not... Mm-hmm. I agree. That's not what the first season was, so it's like, you got kind of got to pick one, right? Like, if you're going to go full CW campy, just fucking go all in on it, right? But don't, like, try to do both, because it's not going to work, right? So it's, No, it's not. And it's, and it's not even just, like, a change in tone. It's a dramatic change yeah, in tone. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, I, don't, I don't know. I feel like <clears throat> they had the potential for a slam dunk if they introduced her and got her wearing the Batgirl suit. And then, you know, the end of season three is them duking it out with the Joker and she gets capped. Yeah. Or, like, you know, th- like there's also so much potential of her just even being the Watchtower role, right? You know, where they, they end up in Gotham City and they, you know, call her out of retirement to, you know, help them with whatever bad guy they're fighting, right? Mm-hmm. You know, there's cool stuff for that, but as, yeah, as just the commissioner, like, I don't know. I, I don't know. 
I'm at a, I'm at a loss for fucking words. Yeah. Yeah, me too. It's just gonna let it go and see uh see how they handle it. Yeah. Yep. And then uh James Bond has been delayed again. Shocker. Yeah. Absolute shocker. Yeah. Yep. And I'm this is real curious too, especially because there was reports that a while ago that MGM was up for sale. So it's like, huh, what is going to happen with this? Yeah, I don't, I, I mean, I understand, I, I get it. Like in my mind, clearly they're waiting and praying and hoping to go back to theatrical releases. Yeah. And hoping like with MGM's sad state of affairs right now, financially, that if they can just hold off, hold off, hold off, okay, theaters are open, let it go, that there'll be an influx of cash and all will be good in the world. But yeah, I think that's way too wishful thinking. Yeah, and it's like, I get it, it's James Bond. Like, you want it to be this big thing, because it is, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, at the same time, like, this movie was done pretty much before theater shut down, so it's like, it's now almost been delayed two years right like mm-hmm. it, you can only delay it so long like yeah just let it go already it's kind of yeah. like the schneider cut just put it out yeah just like yeah um yeah it's, especially because it's done right like it's one thing if it was midway through shooting and they're like okay we can't film so we got to delay it of course but like this is sitting on a shelf right like it's yeah so it's like yeah Especially because you heard like all of when they were shopping it out to streaming services for like a ridiculous chunk of money. It's just like, take one of those, right? Like people aren't going to, like when you heard some of those price tags of like 800 million to fucking stream it, right? Like it's, a streaming service isn't going to give you like a billion dollars just to stream it, right? Like, yeah, exactly. And unless you delay it another year. And all of a sudden, every theater is back to normal, right? You're not going to get that opening. Yeah. So it's, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. And, like, it's disappointing, too, because, like, watching the trailer, like, it, it seems really good. I was super excited for it. Yeah, so was I. I just... <sighs> Like, okay. I don't know. I'm kind of I'm kind of getting at a loss of, for words, and I'm also growing impatient because, like, yeah. and like I'm sure they're aware of this. I mean these are, these are like you know billion dollar movie studios and whatnot. But like, the longer they keep pulling this shit, the hype just goes down and down and down. And they've already spent a like I would assume a metric fuck ton of money on marketing. And the longer that they keep doing this and delaying this, like all that money they spent on marketing previously is pretty much just being flushed down the drain. Yeah, the and then they got to re yeah they got to re ante and they got to like pay up all this money to like remarket it again whenever they decide to release it. Yeah, I think that's that's the point I'm at is like, you know, I in the marketing I was like this looks really good, and then like a year and a half later I'm just like, Neh. like the excitement is gone because it's two years has gone by, right? Yeah, so it's like yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't really know what else to say on that other than just fucking put it out already. Yep. 
And in even more disappointing fucking news, here we have like the official release that Sony is pushing a boatload of its fucking movies. Yeah. Including Morbius, Tom Holland's Uncharted, uh, Camilla Cabello's Cinderella, and even the next fucking Ghostbusters film. Yep. Yeah, this is disappointing. Yeah. And like, I don't, honestly, like, Cinderella was never something I was going to watch, but like, Morbius being pushed really bums me out because I am looking forward to that. The new Ghostbusters movie looked so good from the trailers I've seen. Yes. Like, just right hyped on that. So that's yeah. pretty crushing. And yeah. I'm still undecided on Uncharted, but I'm like, every day my uh, fandom of Tom Holland grows. So yeah. I really want to see it just to see how he pulls off Drake. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I'm the same way. Like, the one that bums me out the most is the Ghostbusters one. And, like, I think I've said it before, like, I have zero fucking reverence for those originals. Like, they're not my thing. But I saw that trailer and it had, like, this Stranger Things vibe. And I was, like, strangely, like, all in for it. I was like, yeah, that looks really good. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, just to see. Yeah. And, like, I get. Like, it's the least surprising news that we're getting more, you know, release dates pushed. But I kind of thought that the more studios kind of slowly drip fed stuff onto streaming services and then, you know, Disney kind of announcing that they're going to start to do that. And then, you know, WB just saying, we're going to go all in on it. Like, why are people still not just like dropping at least some on streaming and just delaying it? Yeah. No, exactly. That's my thoughts fucking exactly on that. Yeah. So it's, yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll have new movies one day. Yeah. One day. But yeah, it's just like, it's, it's unsurprising and like, there's not much to say about it other, but at the same time, like I think back to when we were doing like our, our year of 2020 lists and it was like, that realization of on like an average year, this would so outweigh TV. It's not even funny because I'm going to the theater every weekend and then it's like, there's no new movies. Like it's disappointing, right? Cause it's like, fuck. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. And then we got news of another game of Thrones prequel. In development. They're really just fucking milking this for all that they can, eh? Yep. Um, yeah, because it's uh, is based on novellas. Old Tales of Duncan Egg. Apparently it's three novellas. And they're going to milk that into a show. Which, which, I get it. But Man, all I gotta say about these Game of Thrones prequels is they better be fucking good because they lost all goodwill with that last couple of seasons. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> and the minute, like, I'm totally on board to give these prequels a shot, but like, if they're not good, I'm out. Like, I'm not gonna stick with it. No, and yeah, they they better hit it right out of the fucking gates. Right, like it's, yeah, and it's because especially you think the Game of Thrones, like, 
that show really kind of starts to get steam a few seasons in, right? When yeah. you kind of start to see where all these plots go, right? Like, I was a fan of it from the start, but I think a lot of people kind of took a few seasons for them to, like, really get into it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's fine because the quality was there, but, like, if you're doing these prequels, like, even if they end up being these great things that have some huge, you know, epic plot starting in season three and you have some meh you know one and two seasons like people i don't think people are going to stick around and give it the opportunity right well and that's the thing like i uh when game of thrones was starting and everyone was all hyped on it i didn't start watching game of thrones until like season three or four yeah like that's how far along they were before i sat down and like started watching all of them Just because, like, I tried to watch a few of the first season, the first few episodes, and I'm like, and then, you know, oh, it's so good, it's so good. So I eventually went back down and and did it. But that's in in this situation. And with the other prequel, that's not the case. Like, like, I'm giving them, like, a good, like, three-episode limit Mm -hmm. because I'm just so mad to this day about how they ended, like, the main Game of Thrones. Yep. And I think this would be a totally different conversation if those last seasons were good. Like they did that show right instead of fucking doing it dirty like they did. You know, if they ended that and everyone was like that, that was an amazing culmination and end. You know, I bet people would be willing to go, okay, you know what? Nah, this first season of the prequel is eh, but I, I really want to see where it goes. I think people would stick with it, but I, I think people are just still way too burned out. I that. am. I am. I'm I'm still pissed. And like the yep. the I, the funny or ironic or whatever is like as far as I'm I'm aware those two dickheads that ruined the last season of Game of Thrones are not a part of this. Yep. Right? So like most of my ill will and frustration with that season stems from those two mm-hmm. for doing it dirty cuz yep. they they fucked the season over. Like Yep. No one, no one in the world would ever be able to convince me that those two are not responsible yeah, for the they, way it ended because they 100% are. Oh, yeah. They, they gave it to that show fucking dirty, like, to the point that I think the vast majority of people, like, are not happy with it. And fuck, even net, like, half the cast has came out since then and been like, yeah, looking back, <laughs> you know, it's like... Yeah, so like I mean, I it, by all accounts, I should be the bigger man and give these new seek prequels, yeah, the benefit of the doubt, being that it's helmed by different people and stuff who, yeah. who for all intent and purposes, might do it right and might yeah. do it well. But those guys just left such a sour taste of Game of Thrones in my fucking yeah. mouth that like it's going to be a long time before I get over that if I ever get over it. Like I mean, yeah, well, and it's like how I don't know how long Dexter has been off the air, but I'm still mad about that ending. Yeah, exactly. It, well, it's like the the problem that started with Star Wars, right? You know, like they had those original three movies that everyone loved, you know, and they did the prequels, which a lot of people were not on board with, right? And then when it came to rebooting it again, everyone was kind of like, eh, uh, we still feel bad about the last one, you know? So it's like that when you're dealing with these franchises, like all it takes is one to sour people and go like, hey, you took what we loved. And you fucking did it dirty and fucked up. Well, and from my recollection and everything I've read is the reason that they, because like HBO said, as many more seasons as you want, yeah. as much money as you want. Yeah. And they went, no, we're going to chop her down to like 
six or eight episodes and we're going to end it right here right now we're just going to be done with it and from what i recall it's because they got they're doing a star wars trilogy yes but what i find funny about that is they're no longer attached to the next star wars trilogy. yeah yeah exactly so it's like so i honestly i sincerely hope like i don't know what the what was going on behind closed doors where they ended up not being a part of this new star wars trilogy but in my uh sadistic mind i'm praying and hoping that the reason they're no longer attached to the star wars trilogy is the people that were you know giving them that job essentially saw how terrible they ended game of thrones and went "Mm, no we're pulling your deal yeah that would be the best form of justice for what they did to that show yeah because i think what it comes down to is like that show started getting real bad when they ran out of the source material right which to me like if you're disney like that points to me and say like you're only as good as your source material and from what i remember i think the star wars trilogy was kind of going to be its own like new original thing so like i wonder if disney went like oh actually you're like unless you've got something to work with you're no good well, and if you like look them up on IMDb and you look up their previous writing credits, you're like, that wasn't a good movie. Yeah, that would like, I, like I can't. I would have to go back and look it back up. But I remember like looking them up after the fact and like seeing you know their body of work prior to Game of Thrones, and it's like that none of these were that fucking good. How did you guys manage to land this job? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's my Thrones rant. Yes everyone is still upset about it mm-hmm. so it looks like amc's picked up the rights for a revenge thriller called the beast must die which should be coming out later this year yeah and this actually looks really cool it's uh it's got that chernobyl guy mm-hmm. and uh the tagline is uh where is it it actually sounded kind of cool Oh yeah, it's uh, about a grieving mother who infiltrates the life of the man she thinks murdered her son. Yeah. And like, hearing that, I'm in. Yeah. I love these like, these mystery, intense, like thriller, drama, revenge stories. Love them. Yep. And that guy from Chernobyl is awesome. So, give me more of him. Yeah, without a doubt. So, yeah, this is... uh, I had never heard of this before, and it was kind of like, All right, I'm totally going to watch this. Like, I'm totally going to check this out, because mm-hmm. it sounds really cool. And, I mean, good for AMC. They've kind of been hit or miss for a while. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. Pretty much since, like, Breaking Bad left, Walking Dead turned to shit. Yeah. And they just, like, don't really fucking have anything. Yeah, it seems kind of like once their kind of classics went away, like, Mad Men ended, Breaking Bad ended, you know, Walking Dead turned to shit, and then the, the spinoffs for The Walking Dead didn't do all that well. Nope. You know, Better Call Saul has been real good, but that's about it. You know, so it's like, they need something else, right? Which is interesting, because, like, I never, it turned bad pretty quickly, but, like, at the height of The Walking Dead's fame is when they released Fear the Walking Dead. Yeah. And, uh, the first bit of it, I actually really enjoyed. Like, I yeah. honestly, for a period of time, thought that Fear of the Walking Dead was more interesting and more captivating than The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. 
And then I don't even know where it sits now or if they ended it, if it's even still fucking going. I just remember like the first half of the season, I was right into it. And then it just like all of a sudden took a hard 180. And I was like, what happened here? Why is this so bad all of a sudden? Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. Like, I wonder if they're starting to realize that they can't just like keep sucking on the walking dead tit. You know, it's like you need something else. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, so I wonder if that's, because it seemed for a while that they were just going all in on The Walking Dead, and that was it, yeah. right? You know, which I get it. For a long time, it was arguably the biggest show on TV, right? Everyone was talking about it. Everyone was watching it, you know? Yeah. But now, who's still watching it, right? Yeah, I don't know. I'm certainly not. No. Uh, so it's like... And, like, I hope AMC does more of this because i think when amc does a good drama they do it well right so i kind of hope they get back to that yeah fingers crossed like i kind of hope they get back to the og amc because og amc was great right you had gripping dramas that's what yeah. they were known for right upon a time you know so yeah And then it looks like Brie Larson is doing a drama series for Apple. Yeah, like the this, what this sounds like, it doesn't sound like overly interesting to me personally. But that being no. said, I actually am a big fan of Brie Larson. I I don't understand the tremendous amount of hate that she gets. I think she is a phenomenal actress. Yeah. Like I, I loved her in, in Scott Pilgrim and she obviously knocked it right out of the park with a uh, room. Yeah. And you know, maybe this is an unpopular opinion. I really like her as Captain Marvel. I still haven't watched Captain Marvel. Really? That's no. uh, my favorite of the Marvel movies. Like if we exclude the R rated ones like Deadpool and um, Logan. Yeah. My favorite Marvel movie is Thor Ragnarok. Yep. Cause Taika Waititi is, he's, he's just a fucking master class of just brilliance, that guy. Yeah. And that he, is, that is one of the best. And the fact that he's doing the next Thor makes yep. me so goddamn giddy. Yep. But, uh, that aside, that would be my favorite Marvel movie. And my second favorite Marvel movie would honestly probably be Captain Marvel. Okay. I should watch that. I've been meaning to, it's just, I always forget about it. I don't understand how you watched Endgame and you haven't seen Captain Marvel, dude. I don't know. It's just one of the ones that I, I missed for whatever reason and then never went back and watched it. Yeah, but you you shouldn't have watched Endgame. Eh. Eh. Like, they work so hard to craft this beautiful universe and this amazing timeline where all of the pieces eventually come together to give you this big, beautiful puzzle... And you're like, oh, I'm still missing three pieces, but okay, I can see that it's a fucking train set. Next. Oh, yeah. 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 Like, especially being a film and movie lover, or a film and television lover that you are, it's incredibly, it's honestly concerning. It's borderline psychotic. Yes. I'll hand in my pass at the door. You probably should. And you should watch it. And you know what? It was a good movie. She killed it in that role. Sam Jackson obviously kills his Nick fury every time yeah but like the scene how nick fury gets his fucking eye patch and like those little things and then like 
that I think that was the last Marvel movie that had a Stan Lee cameo in it. Oh yeah. Which was my favorite Stan Lee cameo because not that this is going to ruin any part of the movie, but his cameo is they come across, she ends up on a train and sitting on this train in New York is Stan Lee riding the train and he's reading the screenplay for Mallrats. Oh shit. Which I thought was phenomenal because if you haven't seen, I God, tell me you've seen Mallrats. Oh, of course. Because obviously Stan Lee is in Mallrats. Yeah. And I'm a massive Kevin Smith fan, so it was just like two really awesome fucking nods. Yeah. In one scene, but okay. the movie itself was great, and because it's like it, this is like if we're talking like a chronological timeline, I I would say that this is before Iron Man because this takes place in like the 80s or the 90s. Yeah. The 90s. Yeah. And they did the soundtrack so well. Like, as they're going through that movie and they make references to, like, different things that are going on in the 90s, it's, like, hitting my nostalgia button in my head hard. And then they play some of these 90s songs that it's like, oh, I used to love that song when I was a kid growing up in the 90s. And there's, like, one scene where she's, like, going around just wearing street clothes. She's got a Nine Inch Nails t-shirt on. And it's just, like, all these odes to, like, one of my favorite time periods. Just wrapped it all up very nicely. It was okay. a phenomenal movie. Okay, since you're slinging so much shit my way for not watching it, I'll watch it for next week. I just, I just, I don't. I could, I personally, and this is just me personally, I could not watch Endgame if I hadn't seen the other Marvel movies. I couldn't do it. Yeah. Fair enough. But you do you. Long story yeah. short, <laughs> Brie Larson gets a lot of fucking hate online, and I think it is incredibly unwarranted because she's obviously incredibly talented. In well, every role I've seen her take yeah. take place in, she has done absolutely phenomenal. And I think she is an amazing Captain Marvel. Yeah. I actually quite like her as well. And I think the hate she gets is maybe from stuff she does outside of movies, which, yeah. But she doesn't do, like, stupid shit outside of movies. Yeah. I have no that's, idea. That's the fucking thing. Like, when everyone was calling for her to be removed from Captain Marvel... It was because they, like, Captain Marvel was, like, one group of people were getting upset because Captain Marvel's supposed to be a lesbian. Oh. And then another group were calling for her to be removed because Captain Marvel, in a later series of comics, was, like, a woman of color. Oh. And then a lot of people just, like, genuinely just, like, hate on her. But, like, like, I mean, aside from entertainment news, I'm sure you've come across, like, you know, celebrity gossip articles and shit like that. I've never, I've... I don't seek that stuff out, but I mean, it pops up on my news feeds and my oh, Reddit yeah. feed and stuff like that. Yeah, I've never seen like where she's done anything incredibly despicable, like in yeah. her personal life that would warrant the kind of dislike that it seems like a large fan base has given her. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And I think it's, yeah, I don't know why either. Maybe it's cause I'm like, for the most part, one of the people that like, I don't give a shit what the actors do outside of the movie like their personal lives like i'm just i can separate that or just like i know a lot of people for some reason can't but Mm. so it wouldn't bother you and it wouldn't change your view on say like oscar isaac if in his spare time he was done in a white robe and burning crosses well i mean there's like some stuff like of course yeah (laughs) like i kind of have a hard time watching a kevin spacey movie now right you know it's shit like that right but okay fair enough you know so yeah but like for the most part like i guess i should rephrase that (laughs) what people say and stuff like that like i i don't really care i'm just like i want to watch you in the movie yeah i I get what you're saying yeah 
Anyway, that was my Brie Larson rant. I mean, good for her for landing yeah. in the series. Good for her for getting some producer credits. I'm sure yeah. it'll be a good show. Yeah. It doesn't sound like something I'm necessarily into. I probably won't watch, but I do wholeheartedly support her and wish her the best of luck with this new uh, TV series. Yeah, it doesn't seem like something I'll check out, but yeah, I've got no ill will for her. I think she's great. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I mean, it, it, the person who did Aaron Brockovich is doing this, so maybe I'll check it out. And I, I I saw Aaron Brockovich, didn't really care for it. Yeah, I thought it was fine enough. Maybe I'll check one episode out, see what happens. But, yeah, good for her. Mm-hmm. All right, well, I guess on to what we watched. And this week I did manage to actually tackle a few things. Yeah, quite a bit, actually. Yeah, but I'll let you start, because I haven't been able to dive into WandaVision. I have talked to a friend previous who told me that just yesterday, actually, that WandaVision is not very good. So oh, I'm, really? I'm very curious to hear your thoughts. I think it's quite good. Okay. Well, that's reassuring. Yeah. And I'll try to, I won't talk spoilers because you haven't watched it, but, uh, but it's, uh, it's good. It does. I'm really had a out of the box things. And I wonder if that's why some people don't like it. Cause it, it is basically an old sitcom show mm-hmm. and they kind of do, they kind of play into that. And so like the first two episodes are black and white, you know, and then the third one gets color. And it's, yeah, it, it's, they do that really well and they kind of play off of those characters well. And I think some of the, I guess, goofy, like, and kind of old sitcom shenanigans that TV shows would have, they also do. And I think they do it well. Um, and then there's also kind of like the overarching story of why they're in a sitcom. Now, when just, just for clarification, when you say that they, they kind of like spoof or replicate these old eighties, nineties sitcoms, are we talking like with like full blown laugh track? Oh yeah. Okay. Yep. So Dan, like, I'm, I, and I can understand how some people might not be into that, but I yep. think if you go in with the mentality of knowing like, this is just a small piece of this, this season's puzzle yep. and they're doing it to directly mock that it's not like an 80s sitcom. It's like directly parodying parodying an 80 90 sitcom then that's a different story yeah and i I think that might be why some people don't like it is because they're like well wait like what what is this you Mm -hmm. know but the kind of consensus is um so uh, the show takes place and this isn't a spoiler because they've talked about it before it even came out but it takes place after endgame Mm -hmm. so it's like for some reason they're in this sitcom-esque world or place so it's like, how, why are they there, right? You know, like there's this overarching story that's kind of unfolding, you know, a little bit each episode, right? Yeah. And it just so happens that they're in, you know, a 80s sitcom as the backdrop, and which I actually think works really well, because I think they pull it off super good, um, where you're kind of, or exactly what you said, you're kind of poking fun and mocking it and doing the show in black and white for the first two episodes. You know, and throwing in a laugh track and stuff like that, right? So it's, I think if you go in with that mentality, you'll like it. And at the same time, like, I don't, that's what they pitch that show as, right? When you watch trailers, so. Yeah. Well, and like, it also makes sense to me because like I read up a little bit on, but prior to um, 
when we got like details surrounding WandaVision, like when they just said that there would be a WandaVision kind of thing. Uh, and I can't remember what series of fucking comics it came from that, that basically she has like an arch nemesis, like a super powerful, you know, like a villain to her mm-hmm. who also has all these powers. And from, if I recall correctly, and don't quote me on this, cause maybe I'm remembering it wrong, but I thought I read an article where someone was explaining like a line of the comic books where I can't remember this, the villain's name, but the villain has like these crazy powers and they've, you know, Wanda and this villain have battled it out several times in the past. And this villain has powers and traps Scarlet Witch inside these like 80 sitcoms to like kind of blur her line of what's real and what's not to keep her in here so that she can't, you know, go and foil the villain's plans. Yeah. And that very well could be it. And I bet too, like, I bet another reason why some people maybe don't like this is like, because it's not a typical uh, Marvel action movie, right? You mm-hmm. know, everything Marvel has done up until WandaVision like it's been it's been an action movie right yeah you know so and like there's been little to no action in this show so far right like there might be some at the end of the show when if there is like a villain they fight but and so maybe that's partly why too yeah maybe so but yeah I'm I'm digging it it's uh the episodes are shorter than I thought they would be. They're only like a half hour. But but yeah, I like it. I'm I'm curious to get your thoughts on it when you watch it. Yeah, and it's on the list. Oh, I feel like I'm just saying that at nauseum now. It's on the list. It's on the <laughs> list. It's on the list. Well, fair enough. So but yeah, no, I like it. And I like I won't get into spoilers till you watch it, but and then we can do a deep dive on it. But yeah, it's solid. I uh I'm having a good time with it. Good. You watched Night Stalker. Tell me yes. about that. I saw o- that, and o- I really want to watch it. I'm only three deep, but I'm okay. loving it so far. Okay. I love these documentary, real life crime, yeah, mystery kind of things, and like, I honestly, because I mean, this was like back in the fucking '80s, I think. So like, the no- yeah. Night Stalker was like, he was never really on my radar. Like, maybe I heard the name Night Stalker in passing once or twice you know throughout my years on this yeah because they made part of them in american horror story and that's where it really came to fruition to me like i had heard the name prior like previous to like american horror story but it wasn't until they like had the night stalker character in a more american horror story before i actually started to like pay attention and like see what this was all about yeah and so like that's him being in an American Horror Story is definitely kind of what pushed me to be super curious about this Netflix series. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm only three deep, but, like, yeah. The way they describe him and, like, the backstory from American Horror Story is pretty fucking on point. Yeah. He's just, like, a ruthless fucking serial killer who kills people for genuinely no reason. Yeah. And he does and like, that... he. He apparently is like a pretty notorious serial killer because he doesn't like. I'm, have you ever watched? Uh, oh man, what was that FBI TV show that ran for fucking ever about the fucking behavioral unit? Oh, uh, Criminal Minds. Yes. Yeah. So you know how in Criminal Minds, you know, when someone's killing people, they go and they do like they make the background. They're like, okay, well, based on what we have, we know he targets 
you know, women that are blonde mm-hmm. between the age of this and that. Like, yep. that's what makes this guy so unique is he didn't have a target demographic. Like, he seemingly did it at random from what I completely random like like of three episodes deep so far and like i don't even think they've discussed all of the murders they've just discussed i think like eight or nine of them but it ranges anywhere from like little boys or little girls to like middle-aged men or women all the way up to like i think one of his victims was like 70 years old yeah like there's absolutely no rhyme no reason and like that's why the lapd you know struggled for so long to kind of figure this out because as they go through it in the show they talk about how like when all these killings started happening they had these killings of older people but then they had these like killings of these like young kids and they were like okay well like these are all great we have two serial killers running around here and there was like one cop who's like no i think it's the same guy and the rest of the police force and these like seasoned homicide detectives were like no you're ridiculous and they would basically laugh this guy out of the room and they wouldn't take him serious but he from the beginning, he was like, no, this is the same guy. And they kept going, no, those are two different demographics. Serial killers don't do that. It was the first ever like recorded case in history where someone was so all over the map yeah. with their victims. Yeah. So like the whole thing is just fascinating. Like, yeah. I mean, fascinating. If you like that kind of stuff, then you're going to absolutely love it. And I think yeah. it's only like six or seven episodes, but I'm, I'm three deep so far and I'm just absolutely fascinated. Oh yeah, no, I I plan to check it out. It was just one of those things I didn't get around to, but because I'm at the point where, like, if Netflix makes a true crime doc, I'm gonna watch it. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's been on the list. Um, yeah, I just haven't got around to it yet. So it's it's good to know that it's kind of keeping up with the Netflix kind of true crime expectations of being pretty good. So, yeah, and it's really really good. Yeah, I that makes me happy. I'm I'm probably gonna check that out sooner than later then because mm-hmm. I. Like me and you were both a big fan of the true crime stuff, so. Oh yeah, for sure. It's uh, yeah. And then just like two nights ago, the fiance and I decided we were going to have a movie night. Okay, yep. We always struggle with that because I've seen a lot of but movies. Yes. yes. So it's always a challenge when we have to find something where it's like I haven't seen it. Right. And then the other struggle is like, especially as of late, like I'm super into like the thriller suspense movies she's yeah. very much more into the comedies and the romantics right so That's finding something that you haven't seen that you actually want to watch yeah so it's always uh it's always a lovely battle but uh yeah. we settled on britney runs a marathon which okay. i can't remember the actress's name but she was in um workaholics okay which i absolutely loved that show yep and her character in that show was hilarious and so we watched the preview on amazon prime video okay and it it looked funny it was like okay like we we already kind of know exactly how this is going to play out but it looks it looks promising it looks funny it'd be a good time yep it was awful (laughs) it was absolutely awful all right like just from start to finish it was awful all right okay there was like many moments throughout that film where like they try to be funny and you're like yeah that's just not funny oh really yeah like, so I, it, yeah, it was a real disappointment. Like I, I typically like at some point, like if I have to go to the bathroom, it's like, okay, pause it. I'll be back in like, you know, one minute. <laughs> yeah. And like, I got up to go to the bathroom and she was just like, you want me to pause it? And I was like, no, leave it play. Cause I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll be back in 20. <laughs> yeah. It, it, I, I was very, very disappointed. 
The the only surprising thing though is like the whole story, like if no yeah. one's ever like seen it or whatever, the base synopsis is this girl who like moves to New York from I think Philadelphia to right. work for some kind of like ad agency doing jingles. Mm-hmm. And she's a chubbier girl, right? Like she's yeah. overweight. So she goes to the doctor because she's used to like partying and drinking all night. She has no money, like lives paycheck to paycheck and goes to the doctor because she wants a prescription for Adderall so that she can keep partying hard. Yep. And the doctor's like, yeah, I'm not giving you a prescription. Also, by the way, like your body mass index is high. Your blood pressure is high. Like you need to exercise. You need to eat right. And then she kind of like gets upset about the news and kind of like sulks and carries on with her lifestyle. And then one day like looks in the mirror and has the, you know, that self-reflection like, oh shit, I'm a mess and I'm not happy with where I am. So she decides she's going to start running and she starts with like, I'm going to run one block and then one block turns to two blocks. And then, you know, eventually she's doing like a mile every day and then she becomes a full blown fucking runner. And the friends that she surrounded herself with prior to this were the type of people that just enabled her. Mm-hmm. You know, she was the, the fun fat friend. Right. They never really respected her or treated her well. Okay. And so as she's starting to like improve her health and lose some weight and get healthier, she's also starting to become happier with herself and therefore like her overall mental health, she's becoming happier. And then she starts to realize, you know, these people she surrounded herself with aren't really her friends. Right. So, I mean, like to an extent, like I I can see like people relating to this, this film and stuff like that. And like, it's got a deep meaning to it and it kind of plays out very predictably. What did catch me by surprise is you get to the end and it's like, this movie is dedicated to some person. I can't remember who, Oh, but it was actually like loosely based on this real person from New York, like not a celebrity or anything, just like a random person. Yeah. A random person who wasn't happy and was overweight and decided to start running and left her friends behind and improved her life and ended up running the New York city marathon. That's cool. And they even show like pictures of this actual person completing the New York city marathon at the end of the film. And you're like, Oh, okay. That's kind of cool. Yeah. But, uh, don't expect it to be funny. I mean, if you want to go in for just like a sad drama and you go in with that mindset and that anticipation, then it'll play out exactly the way you think and maybe you'll enjoy it. Right. But based on the previews, I thought it was going to be a drama, but with comedy, right? Like right. I expected a fair amount of like comedic bits and stuff like that. And the jokes just weren't funny. The punchlines weren't funny. A lot of the stuff that they threw out there as jokes, they just didn't land. Right. It's like once you see them in the context of that scene, you're like, that's... That's not funny. Yeah. So yeah, that's always the thing with like the typical dramedies, right? Is like you kind of got to get the comedy decent enough that I kind of care about the underlying story, you know? Hmm. But hmm. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I probably wouldn't have watched that movie regardless, but. No, yeah, well, now you don't have to. Now you don't have to definitively. All right. Hmm. Well, that sucks. Yeah. So what's Walker? It's that Walker Texas Ranger reboot. Oh, that's out already? Yeah. First episode came with out. Jer- with Jared Padalecki? Yeah. The first episode came out. Oh. Did not know that. Yeah. And? Uh, eh. <laughs> that was my fear. Uh, I'm going to watch a few more, um, but it definitely seems like it's going to be the kind of maybe bad guy of the week cop show on the CW with maybe a little bit of an overarching story. (sighs) I don't know. 
I so like to be completely honest, I didn't have overly high hopes for it. Neither did I. That being said, though, like I was like like secretly hoping that it was really good, just because like I love Jared Padalecki and I Maybe love Jensen Ackles. Yeah. But I mean, I think a lot of that is just because like I've been following these guys for like 15 years on yeah. Supernatural yeah. and I have so much love for that where it's it's going to be honestly one of those hard things where it's like I, they're good actors and like yeah. I'm happy to see them carry on with their acting career yeah. and expand their horizons and do more things. But I'm kind of in that mindset where it's like you're the Winchesters and I don't know if I will ever be able to look at you as not the Winchesters. Yeah, and I think that's that's why I'm going to try to give it a few more episodes just to see where it goes. Um, but yeah, and it's, they did a really weird thing. Um, so I'm going to talk spoilers for a few minutes here. Give her about the first five minutes. So the whole crux of the show is, uh, you know, it's this guy and his, his wife died. Right. And he's kind of dealing with that. They set up the whole him and his wife and his wife dying. And then, um, const- and then doing a time leap of one year in the first two minutes, to the point where like I watched it and I was like, "Wait, what? Like you just shoved that right into two minutes?" Where like the show opens up to him driving down the driveway to like go to his grandparents' house where they're having a family game night with his kids, and his wife is leaving. And they say hi and they kiss and then she drives away. 30 seconds later he gets a phone call and it's her getting shot. And then that's it. And then it fades to black and it says nine months later. And he apparently just dropped the phone when his wife got shot and took an undercover mission for a year. And like he's out. What? Yeah. Yeah. And then a few more minutes later it's like he comes back to town gets drunk you know where he used to go with his wife and then comes back home to his family where his grandparents and his kids are just like like why the fuck did you leave us for like a year like i was like they sure rushed all of that and then the kind of remainder of that show is them tracking down a drug dealer with his new partner I don't know if I like that. Yeah, I was like, that is sure a lot of uh, backstory to cram into like literally like two to three minutes of this forty-five minute show. Like, I can talk, and that that kind of stuff I can tolerate when it happens on Supernatural because I've been so invested for so long. Yeah, but like with a brand new show, it's like mm, I don't know if I'm willing to put up with that. Yeah, like it's. To me, like, I I had the realization of, like, wait, like, okay, they just set up this whole character backstory in, like, two minutes. Like, you maybe should have took in 20 instead mm-hmm. of just leaping into here's the bad guy of the week. And then I guess the overall plot is going to be him trying to figure out who killed his wife. Uh, I, I don't know. Like I said, I'm going to give it a few more just to see where it goes, but I could quickly see it in one that I don't continue to watch. <laughs> Understandable. But I'm going to give it a few more just because I really like him. And yeah. like I think he does a fine enough job in it. Um, but yeah, it was it was super weird to, to cram all of that into literally two minutes. 
Well, then keep me posted because I'm not even going to touch it until I know how this starts to pan out. Yeah, and that's like, yeah, that's why I want to see where it goes. Like, is it just going to be bad guy of the week with him? And if that's the case, I, I that's not something I want. You know, unless it turns into a background show where I'm mm-hmm. just invested in it enough because I like him. But mm-hmm. we'll see. We'll see. Oh. But it was all right then. <laughs> I, I was expecting nothing and was still kind of disappointed. This is like, what? Yeah, that, that's a bit of a bummer. Uh, they made some choices in that pilot that, that they were not the choices I would have made. But, yeah, probably not the ones I would have made either, based on your description. Uh, yeah, it was just my biggest gripe is, is how they decided to span all of that backstory and then do a one-year time jump in like literally two minutes or like yeah crazy but yeah i will uh update next week when i watch the newer episodes because i'm gonna give give it a few more but Mm -hmm. but that's my walker review is eh. see Well, then I watched The Dissident. Okay. So what's that? So that is... Did you ever watch Icarus on Netflix? The documentary? Yeah. Uh, No, I didn't. So that one was really fascinating. So that's the dude who, um, for those who aren't familiar, that documentary follows... I can't remember his name now for the life of me. But he... He wants to get into, like, doping, and he ends up contacting some dude from Russia to figure out how to, like, dope recycling. And yeah. not get caught, which ends up l- turning into this whole like this guy actually helped pretty much every Russian athlete in the Olympic Games dope right. and like take steroids and stuff without getting caught. And then it ends up it's like starts off with this guy just wants to learn if it's possible to like basically cheat without getting caught. And then by the end, it's like, oh, no, this guy who ends up showing him how to do it and stuff was like a big part of this russian doping scandal and like all of that comes to light and they end up exposing it and exposing russia and how they cheated in the olympics to the point where they had like medals revoked and they got banned from anyone actually like running or entering under the russian flag in the next olympics yeah and like this guy was kind of at the forefront of bringing that all all to light and the guy that helped him do all this stuff ended up having to like you know get to the United States and can't go back to Russia where his like wife and his kids are because you know it's Russia. So yeah. So he, they're after him, right? So yeah. like just this wild tale. So this guy, in my opinion, is a very good documentarian. Yeah, I've been meaning to check it out, but just for whatever reason haven't got yeah. around to it. It was a wild ride. So yeah. he did this new one called The Dissident. Right. And it's all about the murder of uh, Jamal Khashoggi. Okay. Which, like, I'm, if you're not familiar with that, he was the one, he was, uh, he did some, like, he was a big part of the government in Saudi Arabia and Uh, was, like, a champion of Saudi Arabia, like, preached, you know, to the world about how great Saudi is and all these wonderful things they're doing. And eventually he moves out of Saudi Arabia and starts realizing, like, how terrible it actually is and starts speaking out against the crown and the Saudi prince. And he ends up getting a job and he becomes a columnist for the Washington Post and becomes a big advocate for like more rights and all these things that need to change, which obviously pisses off the current Saudi prince. Right. 
And uh, at one point, he ends up in Istanbul and agrees to meet with a bunch of guys from Saudi Arabia to talk about, you know, what he's been doing and, you know, if there's anything they can do to get him to change his mind and get him to come back to Saudi because, you know, he refused to go back to Saudi Arabia under threat of, like, being jailed for everything that he said. Mm -hmm. So him and his wife go to the consulate, the Saudi consulate in Istanbul. She waits outside. He goes inside. And while he's inside... The Saudi prince, Solomon bin something, ends up, like, having a full-on fucking assassin team basically inside the consulate in Istanbul kill him. Oh, wow. And cut him up into pieces and carry his body out in fucking bags out the back door of the consulate. Okay, I remember this now. It wasn't until the body part that I was like, oh, great. Okay. Yeah, which was wild. And, of course... um. Solomon bin, I can't remember the last name. They call him like SBS or SBD or something like that for short. Okay. But he ends up denying and saying, nope, that's not true at all. And then, you know, investigations start coming underway. The police in Istanbul want to go into the consulate and they straight up say, nope, you're not allowed in there. We're not letting you in there. You can't investigate. This is all lies. This didn't happen. Look, we have video of him leaving the consulate. And it's like... (laughs) But what they did is they had a guy put a wig on and some other stuff and walk out the back of the consulate so it looked like he left. Oh, shit. And then there's just all these, like, weird ironic things that also happen. Like, the day that he was murdered and stuff, coincidentally, the, I don't know, the minister of Saudi who works at that consulate, he has a private residence, like, a few blocks from the consulate. Yep. He ordered 80 pounds of fucking meat from a local restaurant and cooked it all in one of those like in-ground fireplaces that day. Uh, And so they're uh, like, okay, so this guy ordered 80 pounds of fucking meat so that he could basically burn the body alongside meat. So it wouldn't smell like a burning corpse. Yep. And then this guy somehow like the documentary guy that I can't remember his name, he ends up like making some connections and he gets uh Saul or Jamal Khashoggi's like now like a widowed wife like share her thoughts and stories and stuff like that about everything that went on and he ends up making friends with some people in the police force and he actually gets access to the tapes because it turns out that that room was actually bugged oh really so they have like audio tapes that they play where it's like he's getting fucking choked out and like the leader of this kill team is like you know grab him by the legs get him down take the jewelry off kate get his clothes off kate let's cut off this limb cut off this limb like, it's all clear as fucking day. Yeah. Like, he was straight up murdered in there. And the theory is, is that the room that he got murdered in was a conference room. And the reason that they did it in there was because it had a secure private video chat for people to conference with the prince of Saudi Arabia. Oh. Uh, so the theory is, is like, not only did the Saudi prince know, not only did he, you know, um, give the orders to do this, yeah. but he actually watched it take place. Yep. And then just all kinds of fuckery from there. They touch on because the the Saudi Arabia paid a boatload of money to a security company for a program called Pegasus. Okay. Which basically they would send you like a shipping notification, like a DHL or a UPS shipping notification. And when you would to your phone and it would show up as a text. And when you clicked it, it like secretly installed this Pegasus software, which would allow them to read all, see all your photos, read all your messages, know your GPS, turn on your mic, everything. And Jeff Bezos actually had his phone compromised by this software. And that's uh-huh. where, I don't know if you remember when Jeff Bezos was getting divorced, 
there was all these leaks that Jeff Bezos had been like, you know, cheating on his wife. And there was like inappropriate pictures that started coming out of this girl that Jeff Bezos was like hooking up with while married. Okay. All of that came from Saudi Arabia because they had full control over his phone and Jeff Bezos had no idea. Oh shit. I really want to watch this documentary now. Yeah, like it's, this sounds it's, fascinating. It's so wild, man. It is so wild. But the most crazy part about all of it is like it was a long time before they let like the Istanbul police in there to like do an investigation and stuff. And when they went in there, they like, you know, brought the black lights and you can see they're like, oh, yeah, as soon as we got in there, it smelled like a chemical warehouse. It's like, like all the signs are pointing at the obvious. Yeah. And then they turn on the black light and you can see like the blue and the carpet and stuff from like where they fucking bleached out blood and shit like that crazy yeah and like the hit team it wasn't just like a couple guys it was like a full team of eight guys and they have video of them landing in istanbul and like with their and they all have diplomatic passports and like this guy is like the head of forensic science for all of saudi arabia and this guy is like the general of the army for saudi arabia and like all these specialist guys like this was absolutely planned and right at the end of all of it it's just wild because, like, he, the director, writer, director, narrator guy, he pleads, and so does Jamal Khashoggi's wife, where it's like, someone needs to stand up to Saudi because, right when it looked like Saudi was actually going to have to answer for what they did, yeah. they kind of made a comment that, like, oh, well, you know, we do this and we buy that and kind of, like, you know, use their power and their money right. to basically bully them out of any sort of investigation. And then Trump gave them a pass because everyone was calling for. Trump to like not do weapons deals with them until right. his investigation came to light. And right. Donald Trump has a personal relationship with something Ben Solomon or whatever with like real estate deals and stuff like that. So he uh, ended up going just kind of like, nah, fuck it. We didn't find any evidence. I'm still going to sell them guns. Uh, like, yeah. it, like it exposes and really shows you all these shady dealings with politicians and shit. And then what was even crazier because the only reason I heard about this was this guy was actually on Joe Rogan's podcast he uh was talking about like um when he did Icarus he had like a bidding war for that documentary and Netflix paid him a boatload of money mm -hmm. and then he went and did this documentary and shopped it around and absolutely nobody would fucking take it oh really yeah because Saudi has a lot of money in absolutely everything right like they've got money in film companies they've got money in Amazon and they got money invested in all these different companies. So all these companies were like, and I'm, I'm mm. guessing the reason Amazon prime picked it up is because maybe, uh, Bezos has a bone to pick. That's the thing. Prime didn't pick it up. Oh, it's on video on demand. So you oh, can buy or rent it via prime, but you can't stream it. Oh, like you can't like, if you're part of prime, you don't get to stream it for free, oh. but you can go on prime video and you can like pay the $20 to fucking watch it. Oh, but none of the platforms would take him. Uh -huh. He's like, nope, Netflix turned, said they didn't want anything to do with it. HBO wanted nothing to do with it. Amazon wanted nothing to do with it. So he talked about, like, for months he couldn't get anyone. And he finally just, like, he's like, the only way I'm going to get this movie out is if I just, you know, kind of release it myself as a, as a pay to rent. Because no one would give him any money for the streaming rates. Crazy. Yeah. Which is, like, really wild. All I in itself. Now I kind of want to watch like both his documentaries. Maybe I'll have to do that. Just binge them one day. Icarus was good, but honestly, yeah. between the two of them, like the dissident was far more fascinating because like, well, yeah, it just seems like this crazy fucking story, right? Mm -hmm. 
So, huh. I... And, and to this day, no real repercussions. I think the end result is like out of the nine person kill team that West went to Istanbul to murder this guy, mm-hmm. five of which were like very high level, close circle guys to the, to the crown of Saudi. I think they ended up putting like three of them in jail and they were all like low level dudes. Oh, of course, the ones that, yeah, the low level ones that uh, knew they were going to get thrown under the bus. Yep, that's pretty much how it went. And then everyone else has just kind of moved on with it. Everyone else is like, everyone's still making deals with Saudi. No one's really saying a fucking thing. It's kind of like it never happened, which is just wild. That yeah. like the prince of another country can send a full hit team into another country and murder someone on foreign soil and get away with it. Yeah. With literally no repercussions. Yeah. It's fucking insane. Yeah. It was wild. It's, it's quite the documentary. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. Cause like, my little brief synopsis and explanation and stuff does not even do justice to how wild and ridiculous this whole story is. Yeah, I I think I'm going to check it out because that sounds fucking insane. That sounds cool. I want to check that out. That was probably the most interesting thing I've, I watched in the past week. Now that you've sold me on it, I'm, I'm going to watch it. That's cool. That sounds cool. And the last thing I watched was... The new season, the very first episode of the new season of Riverdale. Oh, God. Yeah, my fucking sentiments exactly. Uh, is, is it still Riverdale garbage? Yeah, well, because they ended last season early, so you didn't get any closure. Okay. And last season was even more ridiculous. Like, I didn't think, I didn't think it would be possible for each season to be more outlandish and absurd and ridiculous than the season prior, but somehow they managed to pull it off. They haven't done it yet, but from what I've read, the first three episodes of this season <clears throat> are going to take place like immediately following the events of last season because they didn't get a finish last season because of COVID. Okay. So the first three episodes are pretty much the last three episodes of last season, and then they're going to do like a fucking four-year time leap. Oh, yeah. I remember reading that. Yeah. So like I, I've only watched... <laughs> there's only one episode out right now, so that's all I've watched. So I mean, we haven't hit that point, but like... The characters that keep that show kind of grounded, like uh, Jughead's dad or Veronica's mom and stuff, like they're all fucking leaving the series. Yep. And as far as, and if I can't remember for sure, but I'm pretty sure Veronica's dad, the guy who's married to Kelly Ripa. Right. He's piecing out too. Right. So you like have the, like the few people that like actually keep the show somewhat unabsurd and grounded. Those guys are all fucking bouncing. So it's only going to get worse, I feel. Yeah, probably. And, and of course, this episode was like, it was no fucking different. Like, just like, like minor fucking spoilers here. But like at one point, Archie's trying to get into the Naval Academy. And from the previous season, he was a shoe in because he's such a good boxer. And then he's right. like, yeah, I'm going to the Naval Academy. And then the Naval Academy guy comes to meet him and goes like, well, actually, I only have one spot. For some reason, the Naval Academy only takes one person now. Right. And they're like, it's between you and this other guy who's a good boxer. This guy from Queens. Oh, oh yeah. It, it turns out that this guy from Queens is actually dating Veronica's best friend. Oh, of course. So Veronica knows him. So of then the course. guy decides, he's like, hey, well, we'll set up a boxing match. You two box each other. And uh, I'll make my decision on which one of you is going to get into the Naval Academy based off your boxing match. Oh, so yeah. then there's like the montage of them training and stuff like that. And like, they're not even in the same weight class. Like, when you look at Archie and you look at this guy, like, Archie's probably fighting at, like, 150, 160, and this other guy's, like, easily in, like, the 200 weight class. Yeah. Like, has 30, 40 pounds on him. 
And oh, yeah. in their montage, they're like, who's stronger, who's faster? And it's like a montage of like Archie does more push-ups than him. Archie can do more pull-ups than him. Like for like pound per fucking strength, Archie's got more stamina and is fucking stronger and can last longer. Then they get into this boxing match and by my accounts, Archie pretty much whoops this guy. Of course. But then they get to the end and it's like, oh no, you didn't win, Archie. We're calling the fight for this other dude and he's going to the Naval Academy. And then uh, Archie has like a conniption fit and he's like, nope, okay, fuck it, not going to the Naval Academy. I'm never applying to your school again, has a hissy fit and leaves. So the whole episode is pointless. Oh, it's it's very pointless, but what that like that part wasn't honestly what irritated me is what irritated me is like it's also lining up, it's their prom is happening. Oh. And for some reason, like this guy was supposed to just be there for this boxing fight and then go back to Queens. He shows up at the prom. Yeah, he's in several <laughs> shots at the prom. Like he doesn't go to the school. He like has known Archie for one day and he only knows Veronica because Veronica is friends with his girlfriend. And like you never see or hear who Veronica's friend is that is dating this guy. So yeah. it's just like, why the fuck is this guy at the prom? This yeah. doesn't make any fucking sense at all. But I mean, this is this is Riverdale. And then in the true classic Riverdale fashion, which really irritates the shit out of me, is like at the end of last season, they put a bunch of guys in jail who were going to Stonewall Prep because right. they framed framed Jughead for or they framed tried to frame Betty for murdering Jughead, but Jughead didn't actually die. Blah blah blah. So they're all in jail, and they keep getting these weird like tapes sent to them, and it's just like tapes of like someone watching their house, and then the tapes are like people wearing Jughead, Betty, and Veronica masks, like stabbing someone wearing the mask of their principal. What? Which is yeah, it's super fucking bizarre. So they're trying to figure out like who's doing this, and for some reason there's a goddamn video store in town, and they figure out that the guy who runs the video store posts like private screenings of snuff films. So they they're trying to figure out how they can get into one of these private screenings of this snuff film to try and find out who's making these tapes. So they're like, well, I know someone we can ask, but he might not like it. And then the next scene, they're in jail talking to the guy that they just put in jail. Oh, and this guy is giving them like all the information they need yeah. and it's like in what world does this guy like that you literally just put in jail like you are the reason he is in jail just up and, and helps you for no reason yeah you're gonna tell me like two days after you put him in fucking jail for like a 20 year sentence that he's yeah. going to fucking all of a sudden just give you all the information you need and he yeah. does gives them yeah. everything that they need yeah the dude said jesus in 48 hours and it's like i'm gonna help out yeah well, and, and then they make a fake snuff film to try and give to the fucking owner of the TV store of the video store to try and get an invite to this like party. So they like walk in and they hand him this like fake snuff film. And like this is at the front counter right near the door of the video store. The guy's like, oh, yeah, well, let's see what you have. Mm, yes. Puts it in a video player and just starts watching it on TV at the front counter. Like three oh, feet from the God. fucking entrance to the store. And I'm like. I feel like if you were someone who was into this kind of stuff and like like you first and foremost you wouldn't just accept a snuff film from two kids right but you certainly wouldn't just pop Watch a snuff it. film in yeah. and hit play while it's sitting on your counter right next to the till like three feet from the door yeah yeah like it's just, it's just those little things and i'm like i don't fucking understand why uh, I think I have officially come to the conclusion that I'm just never going to go back to Riverdale. I wouldn't. Like, I'm so invested. Like, I'm just going to keep watching this train wreck. But oh, no, that wasn't even the one that made me so fucking mad. The part that made me like fuming at this episode 
because it like when things get ridiculous, you're like, yes, this is absurd and it makes no sense. Yeah. But you can, I can understand ridiculous and absurd things to further the plot. Yeah. Where I have trouble is for like a, a teen drama show when they get the teen drama, like the real life teen drama, so far fucking wrong. Like yeah. in the, at the end of the last season, Archie ended up for some reason falling in love with Betty, despite the fact that he's dating Veronica and his best friend Jughead is dead, is dating B- Betty. Okay. Yeah. Falls in love with her, writes her a love song and kisses her. And Betty goes, no, we can't do this. This isn't right. Shrugs him off. End of story. He goes back to fucking Veronica. She goes back to Jughead. Well, right. this song he wrote, he left on his desk. And at one point in the episode, Veronica's like in his room when he comes out of the shower or something like that. And she's like, oh, tell me about this song. It looks beautiful. And he's kind of like, no, it's it's not a good song. I'm, it's You won't like it. And he throws it in the trash. Right. She ends up picking it up out of the trash after the fact and sings it to him at her like underground liquor store club oh, that she runs. Fuck, that's right, yeah. Yeah. So Betty knows this song because Archie sang it to her. Yeah. And Archie knows that he wrote this song for Betty because he's in love with her now all of a sudden. Yeah. They, they both have like an awkward moment at this club and then episode progresses. Then they're at the fucking prom. They're at the goddamn prom and Veronica tells... Archie like oh I'm not going to go to school next year like you didn't get into the Naval Academy so I'm going to take a year off before I go to school and that way we can make sure that we're all good before we try to do long distance kind of thing Yep. and then Archie's like no I can't let you put off school for me like I don't want to hold you back and she's like you're not this is my decision I'm choosing to do this Yep. and then right there while they're having their slow dance at prom apparently that is the best moment to tell your girlfriend that you also still kind of love, just not as much as the love you have for your neighbor. That's the opportune moment to say, oh, by the way, that song that you found that you sang to me. Yeah. I wrote that song about Betty. Cause I'm in love with her. Oh, and by the way, we kissed last week, like at prom during the slow dance. <laughs> of course. Of I, course. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't get it. I don't know. I, I was still, on board to watch that train wreck and then I we were talking about it one time and when they fucking evil Knievel that dude from One Tree Hill into space I was just like I'm I'm out I'm fucking out <laughs> yeah I don't I don't I don't I don't I, I don't I don't I got nothing I'm just it, like utter disbelief like it, like on one hand it is so bad and fucking insane that this is a show and like on the other hand it's like this weird sick feeling that i need to watch it because how the fuck is this a thing right like it's like how are you still making this that's the part that i am constantly struggling to wrap my head around is how this keeps going like this yeah especially like it's one thing if it's ridiculous and all like the fans and the people that watch it are like yeah this is ridiculous you guys like what the hell but the fact that, like, if you go and watch, like, any of, like, the cast, um, yeah. like, interviews and shit, they're like, like yeah, they're yeah. all cracking, like, oh, we don't know, or, like, that doesn't make any fucking sense, and then they like, oh, well, tell us about this part of episode, or season three, and you can see the character, like, the actual actors, like, roll their eyes, like, they themselves. I have no idea what the fuck's going on. Yes, and they're open, they're, like, being completely open about it in interviews. Like, we're there, like, yeah, we know this show is beyond fucked and makes no sense. Like, they're not hiding it. So, like, 
it's one thing to have your audience kind of be like, hey, this is bizarre. But to even have like, like if you don't have your own fucking cast and crew supporting the show, like how are you still going? I have no idea. It's fucking insane. Like, uh, yeah, I, it's, yeah, it's that weird thing of like, I'll probably end up going back and watching it because it's like, it's like the, the weird train wreck where like, it's just like, how the fuck is this being made? Like, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's, that show needs to be in like a, uh, some sort of an educational filmmaking textbook at some point how not to make films uh, to see like where that show started and where it fucking ends up is like insane yeah i don't i don't get it uh, that's, yeah that's my riverdale rant i'm sure there'll be another one as the weeks progress but that's uh, all i that's all i have to fucking uh, say on that show uh, right now fair enough fair enough yeah, that's actually about all I got in general. Yeah, that's all I got. Well, then I guess this is where we'll uh, end this one as well. Sounds good. Catch you on the next one. Later.